Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 13th of October. It is a Tuesday morning. We're still in the first part of the week, and it's starting to feel warm in Southern California. This is really our hot time, and then it's going to go down because I see people already wearing coats and different photos, and, you know, it's kind of cooler hats and cold faces, and I'm like, oh, I wish for that. I'm, You know, you start to miss it, but Either way, this same topic can hit you no matter what your weather is, and it's how to work our way out of depressing our passion. Because Christ defined depression as us not living in our passion, whatever our passion is. And it can be writing, it can be painting, it can be exercising, it can be cooking, it can be reading, Whatever it is you really love to do, when you start to walk away from it, the doors that you have around you, the things you want to explore, you don't get to them because you're still just trying to do what you enjoy and then you'll do what you feel might be a bigger challenge. But when your challenge is getting to the things you love, is it that's more important than your passion that you are doing right now? What is it? What is pressing upon your passion? Because that is the question of each one of our lifetimes. A lot of times we've already bought into the fact that we will not be able to do what we want. We will never really feel like we're completely happy. And we get so comfortable with that that when we are happy, we dumb our happy down to bring us back to that place where we are comfortable And we don't even notice we've done it. We think that's the way things should be. So I want to start today with letting go of the word happy. Happy is not a goal. Happy is an emotion. And you know like anything else you know in life that emotions come and go. In one minute, you could feel happy about something, sad about something else, and feel like you can go into a complete depression over something else. All of that is temporary. It's going to slide in and slide out, and whatever you decide you want to do, you hang on to, and then you live it out. So letting go of happy 
And just changing that word with, God, I really feel alive. This feels good. Oh, this doesn't feel so good, but I still feel like I'm thriving. I may not be what I think is happy, but happy isn't a goal. It's an emotion. So when you get rid of that illusion that once you're happy, nothing will ever bother you again, because we know it's not true even though we, we shoot for it, the number one thing anybody on this earth can do, number one thing, I've checked many places, talked to tons of people over it, meet a lot of people who are doing it, is to go for a walk every day. Not one day or the next day, but it's a part of your life. There's a lot of important reasons to do that. One is connect with yourself, but you're in the outside world. So you are not only connecting with yourself, but you're connecting with the bigger picture of life. You see other people. You see cars go by. You might see an animal here and there. You see flowers. You see trees. You cannot get away from the bigger picture. There's a lot to be said for the exercise. There's a lot to be said for the routine of starting and finishing something. But bigger than that is making you feel like you are part of a world. You may not be where you want to be, but, you know, in a weird way, you are where you want to be or you wouldn't be going for the walk. Think about that. That's like the gimme is going for a walk. But the next thing that is most important, and Christ always says, who were you before you understood the word no? Before you realized, oh, wow, I can't do what I want to do because so-and-so said I'm not good enough, strong enough, smart enough, cute enough, whatever. Before that happened to you, Make a list all the things that you loved most as a child. Not because you're going to want to do those things again. It may have just been climbing trees. But what do you take from that, that you like a challenge? That even before your mind got contaminated with everybody else's misgivings? Look back at the people who gave you strength, who made you feel like you can do something that you didn't think you could do. What did you naturally gravitate towards? Did you like waving down the ice cream truck when it went by with its bells and you went to look for a quarter or whatever ice cream cost at that time? Did you laugh a lot until someone told you you were silly and then you stopped doing it? 
If you laughed a lot, that means that you generally have a composition of being happy. If you wave down the ice cream truck, maybe you're waving down a taxi now. You don't know so many things that connect you from your past to today, but when you go back and think about where you were when you were the most free and you translate that into today, you know, how did you navigate high school? High school is the hardest thing for everyone. Everyone has a high school sob story or two or three or five. But the sob story isn't what's important. It's how you navigated, how you accepted those challenges, how you faced them. Because one huge way to release the depression of our passion is by you writing a letter to that past person or record it. Talk to that child. Tell them how you now recognize what you loved, what it turned into as an adult. And then you can talk to your presence, your present person, who you are today. And tell yourself what you like about what you're doing We can all come up with a list of what we don't like, but I don't really hear people come to me and say, but I like this about myself. I love this about my days. It always starts with what's wrong. And the thing is, we can talk about it, and you know it. You can go into it. You can grab somebody and stick them in a corner and not stop talking and not even care what they say. You're just so in your own head. But visit that past person that's already lived. Talk to this one and say, are you doing what you thought you were going to do when you were little? What did you want to do? How does that translate into today? And then write a letter to your future self. These are things I would like to see in my life a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. When you can look at your past, you can be in your present, and when you can be in your present, you can actually plan a future. Writing a list of all the things you love the most as a child not now but then you will find your natural inclination like where you really connect you will find that other things that we can do to release the depression of our passions is to really have a good book that you really enjoy and just pick it up every day. It could be right after you wake up. 
It could be right before you go to bed. The only criteria I would say is that it is inspiration to you. It reminds you that you can connect to other people's hearts and minds through writing. And it's as good as having a great conversation because you will actually listen when you're reading a book. Because when we talk to people, we're engaging, and it may be hours later that we say, oh, yeah, we said that, and we may forget half of what we said. But when you read a book, it's you and the book, so you're listening, you're hearing, you're internalizing. Because that is like, you know, when you have a car and you need to jumpstart the car, the car works. You may not have driven it for a while and you go to turn the ignition and it's dead, especially if you have an older car. But the minute you put the jumper cables on it, you have to keep it running for a half an hour after you do that. I don't know if that's still true today, but with the older cars, that's what they tell you. Go drive it around a little bit, you know, let it. Like, get the juice going through it. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for us, too, to keep our juices flowing. To remember who we originally are. To look at what we've done with it and to see how we can grow it even further. There is something about our childhoods where we set our blueprint. Whatever it is we thought then, we have spent our lives looking for. It may have taken a weird turn or a U-turn or a go back to the fork in the road and rewrite it. But none of it was in vain. It is who you originally are. That is where your capabilities live. That is where your potential lives. Our potential is what we see in our future. Our capabilities, what we're doing today, and our past is how we built it. But remembering that allows us to remember the strength that we have. What else happens when we start to do those things? Let's say we look back. And somebody along the way told us we weren't worth the jobs we thought we had. We weren't smart enough. We do it because I know it's recording because the show is still going on, hopefully. Uh, I love blog talk radio. It just gives me a challenge. So we go back to forgiving those who hurt us and releasing them, giving them back their limitations, their feelings about themselves, and reminding yourself, what is you? Because it is your best bet of letting go of pain. 
that you carried because it's actually not your pain. It's their pain and you're carrying it around. Think of how you never thought of no and then someone told you no and you're like, oh, wow, that's a possibility. I may not be able to do that. And then there you go, down that rabbit hole. But take angers that you've had, hurts that you have, like when you were really hurt, and remind yourself that everything happens for a reason. Everything does. Take the reason, give back the pain, and forgive. And while you're at it, forgive yourself Forgive yourself for not knowing that you could give it back to them. Like, wow, I'm I'm really sorry, heart and soul, that I allowed somebody else's pain, but I didn't know. But I allowed someone else's pain to run my life. And it's taken these years away from me, and this is what it feels like when people take things away from themselves and they can only share what they have. And now they're only sharing their pain, even though it looks like helping, even though they thought they were giving me direction. In my heart, I do forgive them. And I also want to give them back their energy. That's why they say forgive but don't forget. Because if you forget the lessons, you will be in a position of having to forgive another batch of people at some future point in your life. That's why we say you can't please everyone. You will never please everyone. I'm over here following my passion every single day, whether I want to or not. Sometimes it feels like to my detriment, but I follow it every day. And you know those classes I did and we're doing these sponsored ads and we're making this happen and that happen. And you should see the comments. Some of them are great, like, wow, I really need this. Wow, I love this. Oh, well, look at this person just trying to make money, dime a dozen. Oh, look at this person, just or whatever they say. I mean, some we have to hide a lot of those comments because they're so cruel that you don't even want that negative energy around you. But in truth, they're only sharing. They're only sharing who they are. And the interesting part of it is the people who leave those really kind of mean comments, they're the ones who probably need the class the most. But they got so used to rejecting anything that can heal them. Or help them. Forget that it's me, anybody. Because if they did it to me, that's who they are. They're going to do it to anybody. I just see it because it's it's my thing. I don't go checking everybody's stuff. But we have to give ourselves the space to not accept other people's pain. I don't get mad at their pain. I feel sad for it, for them, because now I'm like, well, okay, 
If they're going to say this publicly, imagine what's going on in their heads, in their hearts, in their minds when it comes to their growth. I'll never forget, I was watching a Dr. Phil show years ago, and there was a woman on there, and she was saying about her son, my son tells me he is looking for a job while I'm at work, but he hasn't gotten a job, so how could he really be looking for a job? So they put a camera up in their house, um, unbeknownst to her son, and they just kind of got a glimpse of, what does he do all day? Well, it turns out he, him and the couch are best friends, and he basically, you know, ate, got up, sat down, got up, sat down, watched TV almost all day, and that was his day. So Dr. Phil says, you know, in a, just not judging him, well, what are you doing to look for a job? Well, I make a couple of phone calls. I look through, I don't know if it was the Internet or the paper at the time. This was a while ago. And Dr. Phil said, a job isn't going to come and knock on your door and walk up to you while you're laying on the couch and tell you that it just found you. It actually cannot do that. Your energy is telling everything to go away. So it's not going to come and find you where you are at. It's so interesting to think of life in this way because you can't get anything that you don't know how to get. Your job is to learn how to get there. Whether it's a job, whether you want to learn to cook, whether you want to take yourself for a walk, whether or not you want to read a book that's inspiring to you. Maybe somebody who's even just getting out of a rut. Maybe it's even something about maybe deeper thought. Maybe you buy a notebook and every day you write a small passage to your past, a small passage to your present, a small passage to your future. Maybe you write it once and you go back and read it over and over again. Maybe you remind yourself when you feel yourself go from zero to 60 that a lot of that hurt you have stemmed from some interaction with another person that you accepted that pain and you allowed it to be part of who you are And that's all you've done. You haven't gotten past those feelings yet. So go back and remind yourself like, hey, little kid me, that was okay. I now forgive them for what they've done. I'm now okay with what they've done. I can see a new room in my house. I can see more space in my home. I've just cleaned up all of my clutter. I can't believe that my house was this big all that time. I can't believe that my heart could forgive all of this time. Boy, that kid I was was really kind of cool. If I met that kid, I'd be like, hey, that kid has a great future. Do I have a great future? Am I happy with the future of that child? Yeah, you know what? Actually, I am pretty happy with it. 
there's things I want to do, but I still have time to do that. So how do I do it? How do I start to start? When you can see past the no's, past the hurts, past the lack of forgiveness, your passion starts working. It starts, you know how like a, a washer, you put the wash in and it's dirty and you throw the soap on and then you close the door. What does it do? It's not done in five minutes. It's done in like 35 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour. It has to begin slow. The water has to get to the soap. The soap has to dissolve. It has to mix really, really well. Then it has to turn the clothes around so that the soap can get in them and move around and make sure that it gets every nook and cranny. And then once it does that and it knows that it's done its job, then it takes it and spins it really quick, right? It accelerates because now it already set the right foundation. And then after it accelerates, it's like, okay, 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 stop and rest. I'm done. And then you know, okay, it did everything it should have done, so now I can take it to the next step. I'm going to take it out of the washer and put it in the dryer. And does the dryer dry it right away? It starts moving the clothes around because action is motivation. And then it starts putting in the heat that it needs. And the clothes start becoming lighter and lighter as the water dries. And then when it's done, it stops. They're cycles. I don't want to compare us to a washer and a dryer, but we are cycles. We have a cycle of being a baby. We have a cycle of our formative years from 5 to 13 or 12. We have another cycle of being a teenager. We have another cycle of being a young adult. We have another cycle of being an adult. Then we go to middle-aged. Then we become elderly. Each year, each year you live, has a theme to it. Oh, that was that year when everything was falling apart. Oh, that was that year when I won this, got that, moved here, did this, did that. But we all have to start. We have to push that power button. And then we have to start adding the ingredients. Nobody's going to walk up to you and give you a finished job. It's your life that finishes it. It's your life that starts it. It's your passion that drives it. Going for a walk, talking to your past, your present, and your future. Just keeping track of what has hurt you so that you can release it. And letting go of the word happy and replace it with, wow, this is great and this feels good. 
even when it doesn't, because you need yourself to make things better. You guys have a great day. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.